0: Radio. I'm your host, M. L. Ruschak. I'm here with special guest, author Peter Christian.
1: Hi. Thank you for having me.
0: Now you're an author, but you didn't start there. I was going through your website. So, what was your career path that you started on?
1: Well, my career path really started as an engineer. That's what uh, my interest was in high school and in college, and that's what I studied, and that's what my first jobs were until I progressed into more managerial-type roles, uh, still dealing with engineering but operations and so forth. and uh, there was always writing involved, but not to the degree that I'm doing now. It was more work-type writing, you know, writing reports or writing proposals or, you know, processes or, or things like that. Now it's more enjoyable because I write to get to write about things and thoughts and, and so forth. So a lot different.
0: It's, it's wonderful because you went into the leadership and then you brought it into your books. Yes. So which was your first book?
1: Uh, the first one is entitled, What About the Vermin Problem? Okay. Uh,
0: yeah. So what is that? So because when I think about vermin, I think about rats in the sewer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I get a lot of that. <laughs> uh, no, um, although it probably involved rats, although I never actually got to see the vermin. Um, the book was titled because of one of the instances I had with a client where at the end of project where we're not getting the information that was necessary and changes to the information that was required uh, to, um, uh, to look at expanding their facility, uh, and we're going through the final presentation with them, and they cropped up the question, well, what about the vermin problem? and had no idea what they were talking about because that never came up in the seven or eight months that we were dealing with them. Um, And that led to that section about communication, how communication is so important in a lot of things, certainly in project work and in business, but also in general life. Uh, uh, When we don't communicate well with each other, uh, problems arise, miscommunications, misunderstandings, uh, we tend to do things differently than was expected because uh, we weren't communicated to properly. So um, that was just one of the points that I, I tried to make in the book. And I thought it was a pretty catchy title. Uh, didn't, didn't see that one before. So it, it gets a lot of interest for sure.
0: Exactly. Because when you're working on a major project, it doesn't matter if you're building a new business or opening a mom and pop restaurant. Okay. Any, yep. anything in there you have to be able to communicate to the people you're working with what you need them to do if you yep, have yep. a pro- problem in this case a vermin problem that whatever the problem actually was hmm. you have to have that in your plan to be addressed by whoever is working the plan with you
1: absolutely along with other things in this case it happened to be that Uh, But there are other instances where there's been poor communication I've experienced and it's caused problems. It slows things down. It it takes more time, uh, sometimes more money. Sometimes things are done incorrectly and they have to be redone uh, because the information wasn't good. And communication isn't just like we're doing where we're we're talking to each other. Mm -hmm. It's also... um, understanding and replying back to the person uh who you're speaking with that one you got the message two that you understand what they're they're saying you don't necessarily agree with it uh agreement doesn't mean communication it uh it means that you're allowed to disagree and you can converse more about it but at least you have that understanding and then you do something about that but if you just send something out people read it there's no response you haven't really communicated, okay? Yeah, you, you've you've sent something out for them to take a look at, but the communication really involves a two-way dialogue with people.
0: Mm-hmm. I had a meeting earlier today with the business personnel that says, why did you respond to my email?
1: <laughs> why did you? Yes. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, and- it's like, okay, one, you probably don't want to ask that question in that way. There's probably 20,000 ways that you can respond to it. But I'm like, I respond to all inquiries business-wise because why it opens doors. And I'm trying to see, communicate, what do you do and how can I help you?
1: And I found out also in our technological age, there's many times I send stuff out that for some reason get lost in cyberspace or whatever, or people misplace them. And, and then they say that they never saw that communication. So I typically will follow up and say to the person, did you get the email that I sent or the text? And, and what do you think about that? So please let me know. Uh, similarly, when they send something, I let them know that I received it. Because again, the same thing. They assume that everything is hunky-dory and it may not be it Right, might have gotten lost in the same place mine do.
0: A, you can get lost by the computer. Computers are wonderful tools to lose anything at all. Yes. <laughs> they, they are notorious for this. As an author, I was complaining last night as an author about <laughs> files being misplaced by the computer. I know where I put them. The computer does it. All right. And it happens <laughs> in cyberspace just as often. Yes. So the communication of getting your message to the correct person. A, did you have the correct email? Did you have the correct address the mailbox whatever you're doing but then you have to follow up that they actually read it did it go to their spam folder did it go to the junk folder did it you know there's a lot of things we have to follow up with people absolutely no it's you-
1: just good cur- courtesy you know to, to to do that with each other professional courtesy
0: it is professional courtesy, and we have to teach this to the younger generation coming up yes. that don't understand business.
1: Some of the older generation doesn't get it either, so I won't just put it on the young people. There, there are some people who should know better who just don't for whatever reason. So.
0: Well, that's true, too, but we can't teach what we don't know. That's true. Now, you have your second book.
1: Second book is Influences and Influencers, slightly different tack there. That one is more about uh, things that have impacted us throughout our lives, our careers, uh, shape the way we think, shape the way we act uh, and act upon things. Uh, You go back and you think about the various people that have done things for you in your life. Uh, In a positive sense or even in a negative sense. And we learn from negative uh, actions as much as we do from positive uh, Read sometimes even more so. Um, But uh, there are a lot of people out there who are willing to help us, who do help us whether we realize it or not. Uh, And in the book, I talk about that. I had an instance when I was in school where all of a sudden I'm getting these notifications that I'm getting scholarships and wondering where the heck they're coming from, because I didn't apply to them. And it was the chairman of of my department who was applying for me, never said a word, never told me about it until all of a sudden it showed up. Uh, And, I just thought that was really special that he was doing that, that he took that much interest in me and went out of his way to do that. He didn't owe me anything. I didn't ask for it. Uh, That was just one instance of it. And and there were so many others uh, of people who really did a lot of things for me, sometimes because I asked and other times they just did it because they they felt that there was a need there and they wanted to be of, of assistance or help to me. Um, so and, and then there were things that happened. We see just different instances, like the things that I talk about in the book. Um, what about the vermin problem? Uh, things that people do that you just kind of shake your head and go, why did they do that? Um, mm-hmm. that's only going to cause problems, or it did. I would never do it that way. I've worked with a lot of students that work with industries as interns, and they would come back to me invariably and say, Peter, why are they doing what they're doing? It doesn't make sense. And my word to them always is when you get in that position, remember this conversation and then don't do what you just said that you don't like them to do or, or you didn't understand why they were doing it. And they, I hope by and large, that's what they're doing. I do it with my kids as well. The same thing. Uh, exactly. Learn from it and then don't repeat it. Do better.
0: When you go to school, you have your mentors. Every teacher is a mentor, regardless if you like the teacher or not. They're doing something for your benefit. Now, they may be the worst teacher in the world in your mindset when you're 16 years old sitting in their classroom. Yes. You go back 20 years or 30 years, and you look back on the same class, and they actually taught you something that you need today.
1: Yeah, I had a couple of... (laughs) I hated chemistry. I took it in high school. I had probably two of the worst chemistry teachers I think you could have. (laughs) Um, But what I learned from them is because I I grew up in New York State. In New York State, you have to pass what's called regents examinations, which are pretty difficult statewide examinations. And I knew that in order to get a good grade, I was going to have to study. So I learned how to study. And I studied chemistry more than I think I studied anything in my life. I uh, got pretty good at it, hate, still hate it to this day, but they taught me that if you're not going to get it from the, the teacher or the professor, then you've got to kind of take it on your own and, and move ahead with it. So I learned how to study um, just because, because of the circumstances. So uh, I owe them that. <laughs> the rest of it, I'm not so sure about, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I still appreciate it. So
0: Yeah, it, it doesn't matter if it's negative or positive. You still learn something.
1: yes.
0: And it's not so much that you learn what in the classroom, it's learning what to do to pass whatever it is you need to pass. You have to take it upon yourself to go to that next step. It doesn't matter if it's in school, in business, or climbing the corporate ladder. You have to take that initiative to learn what you need to do.
1: Yeah. At the end of the day, it's all about us. It's about what we decide we're going to do or not do. We can make all the excuses in the world, but it's it's really upon us. uh, And we have a lot of control over what we can and can't do. And we shouldn't put it off on other people.
0: Well, we have the mindset as business entrepreneurs and, you know, people that have taught business. We have to take self-accountability. We have to teach self-accountability. To those that are trying to get into business, that are trying are in business and blame everything around them for the, why their business is failing. The, you know, there's a menagerie of everything that we have to go through. But these books mm-hmm. that you have give enlightening stories and examples. So it's just not do this, don't do that.
1: Right. Yeah, so that's that's what the gist of the two books are about. Uh, the second one, The Influences and Influencers, kind of plays into the first one because, again, uh, how we're shaped and, and our thought processes are formed then lead to decisions. And then that talks about decisions, both good and bad, uh, that were helpful and, and not so helpful or maybe even to to some degree disastrous for some of the uh, folks I dealt with. I felt I needed to get out. And in both cases, they're learning experiences that I wanted to share with other people. Uh, So hopefully they don't have to go through some of the same stuff that I did. Although a lot of the feedback I get is, yep, I dealt with somebody just like that or something just like that. And boy, I wish I had known about this before then. Okay, so when you hear that, you go, well, if I can get that to, like you said, the younger folks, And learn them a bit about it. Maybe they will pick it up and go, hmm, when I'm faced with that situation, I think I know how I'll deal with it. So uh, that's my way of trying to share with other folks and and provide some uh, learning experiences for them that will be helpful.
0: I would love to see these in schools, because if you start early enough, you don't have the struggles when you get into the 30s and 40s.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, they always say experience is the best teacher, but it would sure be nice if uh, people could, uh, could could give you a lot of advice along the way. Uh, sometimes you, you don't need to go through those experiences.
0: Yeah, we don't, don't have to. We don't need to repeat the experiences of our elders if we can have something to teach us not to follow the path.
1: Yeah. My kids would always argue with me about that because I tell them that and they go, well, why don't you let us learn for ourselves? And I'm thinking, why would you want to do that? If I went through it and it wasn't such a pleasant experience, why would you want to repeat that just so you can say, well, I learned by doing it myself? So sometimes I let them do it, not where it would harm them, but where there was a little bit of pain involved. And then they go, now now we understand what you're talking about, especially now, now that they're in the working world. Now they say, dad, now I know what you were talking about when you would come home and mutter about this one or that one, or why they drive you nuts or whatever the case may be, because we would do it. That <laughs> was when my son started in the army, and he was a uh, – uh, a lieutenant, and he would complain to me. He go, "These kids!" Now he was only in his twenties. he's going, "These kids are driving me crazy." Started to laugh, and I went, "Yep, okay." Now you know exactly what Dad went through for his career. So,
0: well, thank yeah. you, son, for his
1: service. Uh, yep, I always, will certainly pass that along.
0: Always proud of our military.
1: Yeah, yeah, but
0: yeah, you get. I have a lot of military in the family, and I. I have seen them go from boot camp up through their careers and go from, I hate this lieutenant or this sergeant or this person. Then they're in that position go, oh, these kids are driving me into, just (laughs) like you said, said, you have to take the mindset when you get into these other positions. I was already here. I know what these people are going through. It doesn't matter if you're in the military. It doesn't matter if you're running a company. You start out at ground zero. You know what to expect from your managers because you expected it as an employee.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But you have these two books. Are you writing a third?
1: I would say yes. The person I've been working with, she sneakily uh, got me into the third one by saying, well, pick a theme, and I want you to write a piece every month uh, for a year. And probably in the second or third month, I said to her, you know, you got me writing another book, because by doing that, then I'll have 12, and that's basically chapters. And she just kind of smiled and didn't uh, uh, disavow what she said or, or what I was doing. And... My theme is, and stuff that I would do with clients when I would go in to find out what their situation was and how I could be of assistance and and so forth, was uh, the the statement or question, what is it that keeps you awake at night? That's the the theme. And now I'm taking instances of different things that bother people, some of them that personally bothered me that kept me awake at night at times, uh, and Again, going through them and talking about experiences that I've had uh, or just uh, things in general uh, and why you need to get past that. Mm-hmm. Really, you need to get that good night's sleep. Uh, some of them are trivial. You know, we we put it on ourselves. We think about the worst and it's really not that bad. Uh, we tend to, to think uh, that everything is falling apart, unfortunately. Uh, and some of them are pretty serious, um, you know, or am I in the right place? Am I doing the things that I really should be doing? Do I really enjoy what I'm doing? Uh, how can I do better at it? Uh, why does it seem like everything is a struggle when it, it, other people aren't going through that? that those types of things. So uh, so I've, I've written probably about a year's worth now, so I may be ready to put that together and make it into a next book. And then somebody reached out to me about three or four months ago, uh, who had seen my stuff on LinkedIn and said, uh, "Would you be interested in co-authoring a book with me?" And I went, "Hmm." And never had met this person before or talked to him. Uh, and it would be about innovation. So uh, we are in the process of talking about that and and uh, how we would divvy things up and what it would cover and and, and so forth and and how I would put things into it and he would put things in and so forth. So, uh, so there may be two two coming out. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, I continue to write articles and and publish them. So uh, I still get stuff out.
0: And your articles are published where?
1: Uh, Well, I have a website that covers my books and then it also has blogs and that's petechristianbooks.com. So you will find All my writings on there. Uh, I publish on Medium. If people are familiar with Medium, uh, it's kind of a uh, blown up version of Twitter. So you're not uh, limited by 120 characters or whatever. It's full-blown articles and there's tons of good articles in there of all different types, business and art and science and politics. And, you know, so you can pick what you want to follow and there are writers on there and you get involved and you can, post your own articles and, and get feedback from people. And then of course on LinkedIn, I, uh, I post uh, pretty much all of the articles that I'm writing at one point. Then.
0: Do you do guest articles for magazines or got guest blogs?
1: Uh, yeah, I've written for, uh, there's one magazine Design to part, uh, which is primarily an engineering type of magazine, but they get into you know some of the other things like uh, leadership and and project management and so forth. So I've had I believe four or five articles published by them. Uh, I did one with Consulting Magazine. Uh, uh, so uh, on occasion I, I do uh, reach out to uh, to publications and and say you know w- would you be interested and and if they are then I, I send it to them and then we go through it and uh, so I've had six six articles. Published in, in magazines besides online.
0: Awesome. And then I
1: put them online as well too. So.
0: Well, of course, because like, you want max exposure for everything. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, because not everybody is going to go to those publications for them. So then, you know, I I offer them to them as well. So yeah. Says, so that's that's what I've been doing so far.
0: Always wonderful to you, Max. Exposure for regardless of what you do you want to get your word out, whatever it is, that word is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's gotten kind of addictive. You know, I kind of look forward to it. I take a little bit of time. I just finished writing two articles. I've got them in the can, if that's what you want to call them ready to be sent out. Uh, so they will uh, uh, one will go out uh, the end of this month or beginning of next. And then the other one will go out about a week or two after that. And I'll repeat the cycle. So I I usually get about two articles a month out now. Um, And I have to be a a little bit ahead of schedule as far as writing. So I was just thinking maybe I should start to write the next ones and get ahead of myself a little bit. So we'll see.
0: It's always good when you have a slow period to get something done for later. Because when you get busy, then you might not have time to do the other.
1: And the other thing is when something really strikes me and I want to get it out, then there's no time like then to, to go ahead and, and, and write about it because you're thinking about it. You're, you're formulating your ideas. Uh, if I let it go, then I kind of forget things that I wanted to say. So this way it's fresh in my mind. So I get it down on paper and, and that's a good thing then too. So
0: That's always wonderful. I mean, I, I yeah. can't say how, how wonderful that is because as an author myself, mm. I can't tell you how many times I've just grabbed the notebook and just started writing because something popped in my head.
1: It all started with I just wanted to do a book because I thought it would be kind of cool. And uh, now I'm into writing. So.
0: Isn't uh, that funny how the writing bug gets you?
1: It does. It does. And you find out how many things there are to write about and how you want to put your own two cents worth into it. You know, you, you read a bunch of stuff and you say, yeah, that makes sense. But. And then you you expound on that. So, uh, I mean, I've read tons and tons and tons of stuff on leadership, but yet I've written on leadership as well, you know, so I uh, put my own spin on it and um, yeah, yeah, but uh, it's, it's fun. And like I said, it gets kind of addictive. You get, you get used to it. I, I look forward to sitting down and writing.
0: Now, are you still doing your consulting?
1: Uh, yes and no. Uh, yes. And the fact that I've done a couple of consulting projects since I retired and I put quotes on that because people tell me you didn't really retire. You're just doing different stuff than you were before. Um, but I've, I've worked on a couple of projects, uh, uh, since then, uh, and I have the shingle out. So if people are interested, then they can get in touch with me and, and we can certainly talk. Um, so yeah, I'm doing that. And I'm also teaching, uh, well, doing a lot of stuff. I'm teaching a course on project management. I'm working with, and that's at Alvernia University in Redding, Pennsylvania. I'm working with uh, my old program at Rutgers University, the uh, industrial engineering program, where I'm uh, advising some students on on their senior project. I'm doing uh, reviews and grading on senior projects. And I'm also working with the curriculum and with the, uh, the head of the department to uh, to help to improve the program. Some they have a great program as it is, but he wants to strengthen it more in certain areas. So he's looking for external people to do that. Uh, and then I do a guest lecture every now and again, I just did one about a week ago uh, in regards to uh, developing business cases and why they're important. And uh, then my graduate university, Lehigh, just got in touch with me. So I'm uh, going to be mentoring a student at Lehigh University. So I'm working with three different universities in different areas. Uh, a course, uh, student advisement and uh, mentor mentorship. So I'm uh, pretty busy.
0: You are yeah. busy. You are not yeah. required. There's no, no word in there that says retired. You just went from <laughs> working a nine to five. Or whatever the hours are to being a freelance and doing freelance.
1: But it's neat stuff. It's stuff that I didn't do before. I did a little bit. And now I have the time to do it. And I enjoy it. And uh, I do it when I want to do it. And and when I don't want to do it, then I go do something else uh, that retired people do, you know, travel and go to shows and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, So
0: you actually have a little bit of vacationing retirement in there. (laughs)
1: absolutely absolutely (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) well we'll call it that way because everything that you're doing is preparing others for where you are now and you're teaching so many young minds because we need to teach our engineers to be better engineers
1: practical they they get the theoretical they get tons of that in school Mm -hmm. if i can provide practical to them, if I can tell them what the real world is like, uh, and get them prepared for that, and get them thinking about that, uh, uh, I think that's a good thing. And uh, uh, since I have, you know, the background and the knowledge, uh, and and I think it's important to share with others, uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, Uh, whether it's speaking to them or writing or some combination thereof. Uh, whether it's as a group or one on ones, again, uh, some combination thereof. But uh, I, I really enjoy it. So uh, it, it's a good thing. And the universities have given me the opportunity to do that. Uh, they're all great folks and uh, they see the benefit of it. Uh, so it, 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 it's really kind of neat. It's really kind of a, a fun is, type of thing to do. And it's different than what I did before. So
0: that is wonderful that you are able. And willing to do this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Nobody said that uh, retirement was you just give everything up and just sit there and drink a beer and watch TV and sporting events and stuff like that. Uh, There's still so much to do. As long as I'm able to do it, I'm going to.
0: Yeah. My dad would disagree with you when he retired. He was literally the one that sat at the table with his beer and watched TV. That was his retirement.
1: I worked with a fellow who did that, and he literally did not get out of his pajamas. I I mean, I I felt that was so sad. And he died within a very short time, like half a year or less. And I thought, I don't want to be that kind of person. Okay, that's not what this is all about. And I've got all this knowledge and and experience. What am I going to do with it? Well, you share it with other people. And hopefully, again, it will be an, an inspiration to them. Uh, It'll certainly be a guidance to them. It'll be a lesson to them. Uh, And uh, if only one person gets affected by it, then it was well worthwhile. If if multiple people get affected by it, so much the better. So we'll see how it goes. So far, so good.
0: Sounds like it. But one more time, where can our viewers and our listeners find you? You did mention your website and LinkedIn.
1: Okay. Uh, So again, the website is PeteChristianBooks.com. Uh, LinkedIn, I have a profile, Uh, go to Peter Christian, just look for adjunct professor, author, consultant, speaker, um, because that's a fairly common name, believe it or not, at least Christian name is, Uh, so you'll find me, Uh, and it does mention the books in there, so you'll be able to find that, and then if you want to get a little bit more personal uh, and direct, uh, my email address is my initials, P-H, and then my last name, Christian, the number 53, at gmail.com. So drop me a note and say, heard you speaking and uh, got some things I'd like to discuss with you, whatever they may be. And uh, we'll start a dialogue and see where it goes. So those are the three places you can, uh, can get in touch with me at.
0: That is always wonderful when you give people contact information. Yep. Because we want feedback. It doesn't matter what we're doing. We want feedback.
1: Yeah. And if you disagree with what I said, that's great. Because I love hearing different points of view. Again, that changes me sometimes and my thought process a little bit. Uh, so uh, it, it's a good thing. I, I love to debate people uh, and, uh, and, and hear what they have to say and, and why I may be wrong in certain instances or you know, confirmation that uh, things are, are fairly right.
0: Thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: And for all of our viewers and our listeners, happy learning.